Hello and welcome to Bringing Back Bach, the podcast that explores the church year through the theology and music of Johann Sebastian Bach. The idea of the show is pretty simple. Each week we're going to look at different cantata written by Bach uh, for that particular day of the church year. We'll examine the music, the theology, and the original use of that particular cantata in the church. Uh, we'll also examine uh, all the uh, words as we translate them into English after a brief discussion of each part of the cantata. We'll even talk about what those different parts of the cantata are. And as we do so, uh, I hope that we can learn that Bach was, first and foremost, a church musician a Lutheran musician, uh, and we'll uh, hopefully work on bringing back Bach to the Lutheran Church. This is our very first episode, so please bear with us as we uh, work to perfect our format and improve the content also as we go forward as well. Uh, We'll begin this uh, episode with the words that Bach used at the beginning of all of his cantatas, Jesu Yuva, Jesus Help. Being as our first week is the celebration of Easter, we'll begin with a look at our Easter cantata that first played 303 years ago today on April 21st, 1715. This was while Bach was serving as the concertmeister at the ducal court in Weimar. During this time, Bach composed one cantata every month, an almost unfathomable amount of work uh, as a musician. Later on, Weimar was a location of much conflict in Bach's life. He often complained about the sissy oboe players and that he was provided with second-class singers uh, to perform his music. Uh, This is a big deal. Once you hear the cantata, you'll understand uh, why maybe he was complaining a little bit. It was not easy music that Bach was having them perform. The conflict in Weimar eventually led to his imprisonment for a month, and eventually uh, he found new employment elsewhere. This cantata for this week was composed for use on Easter Sunday, one of the two largest festivals in the church. On this day, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is celebrated, and the gospel lesson appointed is from John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciple went back to their home. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, 
tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we can see in that gospel lesson, the theme of the day is that because Christ has risen from the dead, so too shall all of us who believe in him also be raised. There is much joy within the church as the congregants are faced with the beautiful reality that death is not their end, but rather that on the last day Christ will resurrect them to live in life everlasting with God. For that reason, it is appropriate that this cantata is entitled Der Himmel lacht die Erde jubilerent, or in English, The Heaven Laughs, the Earth Rejoices. Before we go on, let's have a word about cantatas. This was a new style of music at the time of Bach that consisted of several movements. There were often soloists intermixed with choral pieces backed by instrumental music. The church used this format and inserted traditional chorales or hymns mixed with scriptural verses and poetry of the richest theology to use in the weekly worship service. This cantata was then performed in the midst of the Sunday service, usually lasting between 15 and 25 minutes. The cantata carried the theme of the day of the church year, matching the readings of the historic one-year lectionary. Often cantatas used chorales and hymns written by earlier church musicians and thus familiar with the regular church-going attendee. Bach often doctored them up with all the bells and whistles of the musical stylings of the day. The cantatas we'll look at in this program will all be in the Baroque style, which means they have a very rich musical ornamentation. Our cantata this morning emphasizes our Easter joy as it begins with a sonata. The word sonata indicates that a musical piece is to be played, but not sung. As you listen to this opening sonata, one can fully realize both the joy that comes with the certainty of Christ's resurrection from the dead and the beauty of Bach's work in music. As you listen to the sonata, listen to the beautiful trumpets sounding out the jubilant fanfare of Christ's resurrection. It ascends in pitch, indicating to the hearer that Christ has ascended or risen from the dead. Note that most of this cantata is in a major key, not a minor key, which underscores the positive nature of the theme. As the sonata continues, it also increases in the number of instruments played, indicating the growth of the church at the preaching of such good news. You can hear a theme beginning on one instrument, and then a second instrument joining in with it, playing that same theme, and then a third, and then oftentimes a fourth as well. This time we'll listen to the first movement, the sonata of Bach's cantata number 31, Der Himmel Lacht. Thank you. 
Isn't that just beautiful, all that uh, music going forward and uh, back and forth there? Especially love the drums emphasizing all the different uh, uh, parts as well. Uh, really gets you in the Easter mood, doesn't it? As we move on now, uh, looking at our second movement of this week's cantata, uh, our second uh, movement this week is a choral movement or a chorus. Uh, it's usually scored, uh, it's unusual in that it is scored into five different voices consisting of two separate soprano voices or parts. Uh, it has two sopranos, an alto, a tenor, and a bass. This uh, chorus carries the theme of the day very clearly, remembering that that theme is the resurrection of Jesus, beginning with the soprano voices laughing at joy with the good news that they are singing. Uh, they're excited that Christ has risen from the dead, uh, and so the heavens laugh with their singing, and the other voices join in and tell all of the voices of this particular choral piece are laughing together in unison, laughing and saying, the heavens laugh, the earth rejoices. Often the words of Bach's works were written by famous poets or were words of famous Lutheran hymns. This cantata, this week, uh, the words are probably written by a man named Salomo Franck. And uh, Bach takes those words and sets them to music. The chorus slows as it mentions the grave, indicating the sadness that the grave had meant because of sin. But it builds again into the joy of Easter, indicating that even though we face death, we shall not have our joy taken from us. After all, the Holy One cannot see corruption. He is risen, and because he is risen, we shall rise also, as Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. As we uh, go into this second section, there is words. The words of all of Bach's cantatas were written in German. One of the goals of this program is to bring those words to you in English so that we can hear them and understand the rich theology that is in Bach's music. It's not always easy to put these words into English, especially if one is not good at uh, German. But uh, here's the best attempt at translating this choral piece into English. The words are as follows. The sky is laughing, the earth is jubilant, and what she carries in her lap, the Creator lives. The highest triumphs and is freed from death's bands. He who has selected the grave for sleep, the Holy One, cannot be corrupted. At this time, we'll move forward and we'll hear this second movement of Der Himmel lacht, or the heavens laugh, and this is the first choral movement. <laughs>
just uh, carries such joy with it for the Easter celebration. Uh, all the uh, music does really have that laughter and joy feeling to it. Uh, but we need to keep moving here to get through uh, this particular cantata. This time we'll move on to the third movement, which is a bass recitative. The recitatives are usually simpler in terms of their musical flair, allowing the focus to be on the words that are being sung, and this is no exception. This particular, this particular piece quotes the book of Revelation chapters 21 and 22 by informing the hearer that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It continues quoting from Revelation 20 as well by informing us that Jesus holds in his hands the keys to death and hell. It is also alluding to Isaiah chapter 9 and the great Holy Week hymn, No Tramp of Soldiers Marching Feet, by informing us that Christ's garments were rolled in blood. All of these pictures from Scripture are brought together in this one short uh, musical piece sung by the bass. The idea also alludes back to the death of Jacob when he passed on blessings to his son Judah, saying, He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes, foretelling that Christ would be born of the tribe of Judah and go to the cross to bleed and die, uh, just as eventually happened. Therefore, in this movement, the resurrection of Jesus is directly connected to his cross and suffering, as it always should be. One cannot go without the other. Jesus can only be raised if he has been killed on the cross. And in that death, he left our sin behind in the grave forever. And that's exactly what the bass will be singing here in this recitative. Uh, Here are the words that we're soon to hear as Bach has prepared them for us. O desired day, O soul, be happy again. The Alpha and Omega, the first and also the last, who placed our heavy guilt in death's dungeon, is now rested from danger. The Lord was dead, but he lives again. If our head lives, so also do the limbs. The Lord has in his hand the key to death and hell. His robe was spattered blood-red in his bitter suffering. He will robe himself today with radiancy and honor. Let's now go ahead and listen to those words sung as uh, the third movement in Bach's cantata number 31, The Heavens Laugh. Sei wieder froh, sei wieder froh, sei wieder froh. Erfüllter Tag, sei Seele wieder froh. Das A und O, der erste und auch der letzte, den unsere schwere Schuld in Todeskerker setzte. Auch die Glieder 
der Hand des Todes und der Höllenschlüssel, der sein Gewand blutrot verspritzt in seinen bittern Leiden, will heute sich mit Schmuck und Ehren kleiden, mit Schmuck und Ehren kleiden. Wow, you really uh, get that feeling that uh, you're in death's dungeon with that, uh, and yet our sin is left there and we rise with Christ. Continuing on, uh, we'll uh, move to the third uh, movement, which is an aria. the, um, uh, sorry, the fourth movement, which is an aria. The aria is a longer solo that is accompanied by music. You'll notice the accompanying music has more structure and parts than the earlier recitative. This movement is also sung by the bass. Bach often does that, has uh, one part sung by one uh, soloist, and the next part is uh, more elaborate, singing the same, the same soloist. The lyrics of this particular aria start with a statement of the resurrection and victory of Christ, followed by a series of rhetorical questions, all of which expect the answer, yes. Uh, Hear those questions in these words that we're soon to listen to now. Prince of life, strong champion, highly praised son of God, does the cross of the latter raise you up to the highest honor throne? Will what bound you before now be your jewelry and gemstone? Will your purple wounds be now your brilliant radiance? Those are the words we're soon to hear sung by the bass. Underneath these words is an almost stumbling rhythm, which indicates the stumbling nature of our intellect to understand what Christ has done. That's why we're asking those questions before. Can the cross really be the ladder which Jesus uses to ascend into heaven and which we ourselves follow afterwards? Can the things bound bef- that bound you before now be your crown jewels, meaning the cross and the, the grave? Will your bleeding wounds be your radiance? To the human intellect, these questions make no sense. These statements are confusing. As St. Paul writes, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. St. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles, teaching that the message of Christ crucified is in fact a little bit confusing to our human intellect. How can Christ's death, wounding, beating, suffering, and death be the way in which God reveals both his glory and the salvation for us sinners? It doesn't make any sense, and yet it is the very reality of what Good Friday and Easter Sunday mean. By his wounds, we are healed. By his death, we may be made alive. One cannot help but remembering the Gospel of John, when Thomas sees the resurrected Lord and is able to place his fingers into the mark of the nails. Or the picture in St. John's Revelation, when he sees Jesus standing as a lamb who had been slain. Yes, the resurrected Christ bears the marks of his death and now is alive. Those wounds proclaim his victory over death and the grave. Though he was killed, yet he is made alive. This particular aria proclaims that very reality as well. This time we'll listen to this aria. Thank you. 
Fürst des Lebens, starker Streiter, Fürst des Lebens, starker Streiter, Fürst des Lebens, hochgelobter, hochgelobter Gottes Sohn. Gebe dich des Kreuzes Leiter auf den Höhen. Wird was dich zuvor gewundert, nun dein Schmuck und Edelstein. Wird was dich zuvor gewundert, nun dein Schmuck und Edelstein. Wow, that's just uh, really neat as well. You hear repeated over and over in there, Prince of Life, Strong Champion, Highly Praised Son of God. That's the answer to all those questions that our intellect cannot understand. This time we're about halfway through our cantata for today, and so uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but we'll be right back in a couple of minutes with the rest of this week's cantata. The heavens laugh, the earth rejoices. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, Bringing Bach Back. Welcome back to Bringing Back Bach. Uh, we are working our way through Bach's 31st uh, cantata. Uh, the uh, numbering system on all the Bach music is uh, uh, BWV, Bach's Werks Volume, uh, and this is the 31st work in that. It is called The Heavens Laugh, The Earth Rejoices. It is the cantata that is assigned for Easter Sunday, and so as we uh, uh, look through this, uh, we'll continue to keep that in mind. The theme of Easter Sunday, of course, is, is that Christ is risen from the dead, and that since he lives, we shall live also. And that's kind of what we're looking at here in this particular cantata. We've gone through four movements. Uh, next, we look at our fifth movement, another recitative. This time it's sung by a tenor. Uh, it is a uh, particular recitative that moves into the third use of the law. We've heard the promises of God that he is the prince of life, the strong champion. And now with this particular movement, we learn about what the Christian life looks like as a result. Since Christ has been raised from the dead for you, what ought your life look like? This particular movement answers that question. It's always challenging for a preacher to uh, 
talk about this idea, and yet Bach does it masterfully by matching words and music together. While we do not find our salvation in doing good works, we do good works because Christ has won our salvation. Believers are not renewed in this life perfectly or completely. Their sin is covered by Christ's perfect obedience. The formula of Concord talks about that. And living in that forgiveness, the Holy Spirit renews our hearts so that we no longer wish to live in death. Bach lays out what that looks like with these words, which we'll soon hear. So then stand, you God-given soul, spiritually up with Christ. Join the new curriculum of life. On, away from the works of death. Let your Savior in the world remember your life. The vine that is now blooming does not bear dead vines. The tree of life lets its branches live. A Christian fled hurriedly from the grave. He leaves the stone. He leaves the cloth of sins back there and now wants to be alive with Christ. We see that movement from the grave into life, from sin into holy living, uh, from what is past to what is ahead, all through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Christian, therefore, goes out from the Easter church service to live a life apart from the works of sin, death, and the devil. They flee from the grave alive in Christ. All these things are left back there in the past, in the time before. For now we want to be alive with Jesus. With Christ is sung twice to emphasize the importance that we can only live this holy Christian life with Christ. Apart from him, we are still in our sins. And that is the uh, key idea in this particular movement. And so we'll now listen to those words uh, sung in the German as a part of uh, Bach's cantata. Christo, mit Christo. And I love the uh, part there where we flee uh, from the grave. We flee. That's just so amazing the way that Bach carries the words uh, with the music in such a way to emphasize the point of that particular text. We now uh, continue with the next movement, an aria again. This aria also describes that Christian life, specifically teaching the fourth part of baptism from Luther's small catechism with a beautiful music setting. In case uh, you don't remember your catechism, that uh, part is this. What does such baptizing with water indicate? 
It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die along with all evil desires, and that a new man should by daily contrition and repentance arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Compare those words from the Catechism to the words of this part of the Cantata, uh, and here they are now. Adam must decompose within us. Let the new man who is created after God recover. You must rise spiritually and go from the graves of the dead if you are Christ's member. This is a joyful thing for the Christian as it makes the heavens laugh and the earth sing with happiness. We belong to Christ now. Our new nature is arising. Praise be to God, we are Christ's member that follows wherever the head goes, as we heard earlier in this particular cantata. Note how at the end, Bach introduces a new theological theme, that we are the body of Christ, or a member of his body in our baptism. The assumption, then, is this. We are Christ's body, he is our head. This is an important idea for the movement to follow, and so keep that filed away in the back of your mind especially as we now listen to these words of catechetical instruction sung from Bach's cantata, Let the heavens laugh, let the earth rejoice. As a uh, person whose first name is Adam, uh, you'd never think that there'd be so much joy in hearing that the Adam must decompose within us. And yet it is good news to hear that our old sinful nature is daily drowned in the waters of baptism so that a new man might arise and live in righteousness before God. Uh, what a great message. And especially you heard repeated several times there, uh, if you are Christ's member, it implied that you are. And so I think he said that uh, three or four times there uh, towards the end of that particular movement. Continuing the cantata, we move on, continuing with catechetical instruction. Now we focus on the third article of the creed, 
In the small catechism, a part of the meaning of this article uh, are these words. On the last day he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and to all believers in Christ. This is the very center of the Easter message. This is the very center uh, of this particular uh, cantata as well. Uh, Paul talks a lot about this particular idea in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with the great resurrection chapter. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of them that sleep. If Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection, which he is, then we will follow after him as the additional fruits of the resurrection, or the second fruits, those who follow after. Uh, just as uh, we heard earlier, Christ is our head, and we are his body. We go wherever the head is. It's not often that one sees a head without a body wandering around, because always where the head is, there the body is. So, this is the good news of this particular section. Where Christ goes, there we go. If Christ goes through the valley of the shadow of death, we go with him through that same valley. If Christ arises on the other side of that valley, alive and well, then so too will we. Note, we go through death. We do not get stuck in it. And thus, the Christian life, the baptismal life, the life of the new man, is one that suffers in this world, just as Christ suffered. And yet we know we're going through that suffering to a place that is yet promised, to a place where we will be at peace and comfort and joy. We go through this suffering with Christ so that we can end in life with Christ. God works all of this for his honor and glory in the person and work of his son, Jesus. This idea that uh, on the last day he'll raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ is sung in this next movement in another recitative, this time sung by the soprano, ending with the words of Job from uh, chapter 19 of that book, In my own flesh I shall see God. Here's an English translation of what we're about to hear. Here they go. Because then the head pulls its member naturally, so nothing can divorce me from Jesus. Do I have to suffer with Christ? That's how I will become, after this time, resurrected with Christ, to honor and glory. And This is how I will see God in my flesh. This time we'll hear those words sung by the soprano uh, in an R, or the recitative, uh, and we'll hear those words just now. short and sweet, and yet it carries such great weight with it. Uh, do I have to suffer with Christ? Of course, yes. 
That's how I'll also raise and resurrect with Christ, to see God in my flesh. Now that we've heard about that, the resurrection of Jesus and what it means for the Christian, let's get a little bit closer here and look at what it means for me and for you. The truth is that one day we too, after all, will face death. One day our hearts will stop, our lungs will be stilled, our bodies will grow cold. We will decompose, as we heard earlier. We will die. And yet we're Christians. Death is not our end. We are in Christ. We follow where he goes, through death, into life. And so when we face our end, we do do so knowing that death has no hold over us. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. It's this knowledge that we have that gives us hope, that we shall live and not die. And so uh, this next movement uh, gives us that hope and that promise. We pray these words along with the soprano who sings this aria, and the words that we'll soon to hear are this. Last hour, break in to shut my eyes. Let me have Jesus' certificate of joy and behold his bright light. Let me be like angels. Last hour, break in. We see in those words that the Christian, uh, though we know death is our enemy, we fear it not because it is a vanquished enemy, an enemy that Christ has destroyed by the resurrection, an enemy that has no teeth even as it bites us. We know we have the promise to live forever with God. We have great joy and certainty in that promise. And so the soprano sings that for us now. Let us listen. Yeah, 
That uh, piece of music brings such peace and comfort and joy. Uh, as you hear it, you can almost picture someone on their deathbed. Oftentimes that's not a time of peace or comfort, but instead a time of nervousness and uh, uh, even fear and suffering. Uh, and yet, as Christians, we can face that last hour with the peace and certainty that we have eternal life with Christ Jesus. And so that uh, particular piece of music uh, repeats over and over, last hour, break in and shut my eyes so that I might have Jesus' joy and behold his light. Last hour, break in. Last hour, come so that I can be with God forever. What great joy we have as Christians on this uh, Feast of Easter, celebrating the resurrection of the dead and uh, the hope and promise that comes through Christ crucified and risen to take away the sin of the world. We'll continue now uh, with the uh, final chorus, uh, singing a hymn familiar to those first hearers. We do have uh, English translations of this hymn, but it's not in our LSB hymnal. The hymn is titled, When My Hour Comes, building on that last movement of the uh, cantata. It was written in 1575 by Nicholas Herman, uh, which is, uh, you know, 150 years before Bach, um, this uh, is the last verse of that particular hymn, though occasionally uh, the cantata is done with uh, two of the verses. The closing hymn brings us uh, the message of Easter once again, that because Jesus lives, death is not our end, for we will live forever with God on the day of resurrection. The words of the hymn uh, can be translated into English this way, Thus I go away to Jesus Christ, stretching out my arm. Thus I fall asleep and rest sweetly. No one can awaken me, for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will open the gate of heaven, leading me to eternal life. That's sung then by a choir here to close out this particular cantata, uh, and after that we'll have a few more words, but let us hear those words sung at this time. That particular cantata, 
uh, cantata number BWV31 uh, from the uh, Box Works collection. Uh, the heavens laugh, the earth rejoices, comes to its close. Uh, it also concludes for us our first episode of Bringing Bach Back. I pray that this has been a blessing for you, that it's allowed you to peek into our great Lutheran musical heritage, to enjoy a piece of music that is decidedly Lutheran in its theology and is an amazing contribution to music itself. I also pray that it might uh, help you understand what's possible for us to do in our Lutheran worship uh, as we sing the praises of the Lord who has gone to the cross, suffered and died and rose again to bring us eternal life. Uh, as we uh, bring our uh, episode to a close today, we'll end with the words that Bach wrote at the end of almost all of his con- uh, compositions. Uh, he ended all of them with uh, three little letters, S-D-G, which stood for Solo Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. And with that idea, we'll bring this episode to its close. I'm Pastor Adam Moline, your host, uh, bidding you adieu until our next episode. God bless your day. Bringing Back Bach is a production of KNNN Radio of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. If you have any feedback on this episode, please contact KNNA. You can visit our website at uh, thecross957.org. Uh, we also invite you to uh, join us for worship at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sundays and also on Wednesday evenings at 6.30. God's blessings upon your day.